and this is Confessions of a Former Fangirl. Podcast where two former fangirls try to turn a fake fan into a real one. <laughs> Can we start this episode already? <laughs> it's been a tumultuous the beginning. The technical difficulties will not end. <laughs> We've already tried to record this part of the episode twice. <laughs> Third time's a charm, baby! Um, yeah. So me and Juliana are sharing a microphone at the moment, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, As in, we're in terms of uh, how the audio sounds, <laughs> not how well you and I can share. Because <laughs> yeah. Aaron and I are notoriously not the best sharers. <laughs> oh, oh well, and I'm alone in my room. Um, quarantined sequestered that's that's literally not true we're all in the same apartment finally together we we're are, just figuring out audio stuff we miss karen we wish she could be under our gross sweaty blanket our right sweaty now sweaty blanket for um, you but you know <laughs> not a sweaty blanket that's the worst <laughs> yeah <laughs> but anyways let's get started for this episode third time's the charm third we can do it let's do it let's Trot on over, to take a little jog, corner. to Confession Corner. Boop, 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 ding dong, do do. Big dong, do. All right. Let's do it. What are we obsessed with? What do we love? Okay, I'll go first. Fine. Um, This man I am obsessed with, his name is Skylar Astin in the movie <laughs> Pitch Perfect, it is it's just like literally my dream man I like I just the thing that gets it for me is one he has the most beautiful voice but he just also exudes this chemistry chemistry with literally anyone but especially the person he's trying to pursue I just like I love the kinds of relationships where like you can tell the like one person's like really obsessed with another person and they're like who I'm like being obsessed with but they're like secretly also like I really like this person a lot like they equally <laughs> like each other just one of them shows it more mm-hmm. you know what I mean but the other yes. one's also like I'm just like really obsessed with you but I don't want to like share my feelings you know I love those kinds of relationships um he just is like ugh. he's so attractive in that movie I just am like I love this man and he is divorced now so sir he is single sir. He hi is sir single hi sir <laughs> give me a chance i'm free on mondays um so, <laughs> um no but it's it is that man but also get drunk and watch pitch perfect with your friends it's such a good movie has so pitch many perfect iconic lines and so many iconic moments it's just it's such a fun time it's a really fun time I would a say. A romp. It's a romp. <laughs> a romp and a rusal. I don't know. A, a ruse. A, a rusal. <laughs> the rusical. <laughs> oh my god. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, there's so many iconic people in that movie. Like Ben Platt, hilarious. Rebel Wilson, mm-hmm. so good. Um, all the mashups, I still am like, these go hard. They do. Um, and so that's what we love about them. Anyways, that's my obsession this week. Amazing. Love that. Um, Thank you. What about you guys? We do the same order as we went before. I can <laughs> sure. go next. Um, my obsession, once again, is rom-coms. 
but sort of more specifically like chick flicks mm. um because obviously pitch perfect i wouldn't consider it to be a rom-com because the romance is like more of a subplot than the actual point of the film um which juliana doesn't agree with dagger to my heart <laughs> i only watch that movie for skylar ashton <laughs> um and then also we did not watch the film but immediately after pitch perfect watching pitch perfect we watched legally blonde the musical <laughs> recorded by mtv recorded by mtv available which on youtube all on youtube yeah yeah um we watched it immediately after and the musical of Legally Blonde is sort of more of a romance than the film Legally Blonde. Mm. But I would consider the film to also sort of be more of like a chick flick than a rom-com. Although those things are not mutually exclusive. Mm. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no, I just want to watch more. Ugh. And we also watched yeah. like Mamma Mia um, mm. a few days ago <laughs> or a week ago, whenever it was. And now I just like want to watch more. Oh, and we, me and Juliana watched... Uh, Bridget Jones's Diary last night, which I loved because I love Fred and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so now I just... My man Colin Firth. Oh, yeah. This is a Colin Firth stan household. podcast. And households. And household. He's a friend of the pod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so now yeah. I think... Me and Karen are, have to force Juliana to watch Pride and Prejudice 2005. You don't have us. to force me. Yes. It's not like I will watch it. It sounds like you're going to like tie me up and be like, you need to watch that's, this. I think that's going to be the next no, one because yeah. I'm just in the mood to watch that is it. Like, that is the horniest movie I've ever seen that doesn't involve sex. Like, yeah. It is so. The yearning. The tension. The longing. The tension. It's so good. I can't even describe it. Amazing. I know that people talk about chemistry in movies, but literally chemistry is the most important thing, I feel like, in a movie and in a relationship. You know what I mean? It's like you, like. It's really important. Like people are like, oh, like, what do you look for? And I'm like, literal chemistry. That's it. That's, that's, it's so important. Because that's what makes you believe it. That's what makes you really believe it. Because you can tell when somebody's like, I want this person. I want them bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's what makes it fun and exciting. Ugh. Anyways. Yeah, so that's mine. Spooky. Um, love that. Mine is one that has been mentioned on this podcast before. We love repetition. Um, which is a book called Red, White, and Royal Blue um, that Aaron is letting me borrow. Oh, yeah. And it is essentially a fan fiction that got published, which is one <laughs> yeah. of the phenomenons in this world that interests me the most. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's like complete fluff and complete escapism, but that's exactly what I need right now. I was up until three in the morning reading it, being like, kiss, you fucking dumb idiots. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was... That so, is exactly how I always want to feel when I'm reading or watching a romance. Exactly. Kiss, you dumb exactly. idiots. <gasps> oh my god. Um, and then they did, and that's it's it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, so fun to read. It's yeah. such a fun book. Yeah. I was told yeah. by the roommates and the podcast hosts that I should read it. When I asked why, <laughs> is it because I might like fan fiction? Aaron goes, no, you won't like it because of that. You'll like it because it's horny. And I was like, great. Thank I mean, you. it is. It's true. But that also, like, that is the crux of fan fiction. That yeah. it's all horny. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is true. 
That is true. Yeah, I will be updating you, listener, on what my thoughts of red, white, and royal blue are. Yeah. We basically translated the point of this podcast into real life, so now me and Karen are forcing Juliana <laughs> to become obsessed with the things that we're obsessed with. <laughs> yes. It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. yeah. And in exchange for that, I'll like go up to them and be like, I'm getting ripped tonight. All right, Peter. Oh Yay! Juliana's good for the mainstream. <laughs> all, all of the straight TikTok. I had to explain to Aaron and Karen who all the like sway people and hype house people what. were. I already I know a little bit, but I just like want to know as little about them as possible. Everything I've learned about them has been against my will. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on that note, I believe we should get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. All right, be there, pussy. Huzzah! Huzzah. Anyways. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, listeners, you know what this episode is, is about, right? If not, do you? Let's let's let them know. It's about Taylor Swift's exes, which is the one chunk that we um, missed in part two, I believe. Yeah, in part two, because mm-hmm. my mic, my computer is a flop. Um, <laughs> she's a jester flop, and she doesn't want to work for me. She flopped into the clown square. She doesn't want to work for me anymore. <laughs> which into I've the clown square. only treated her with respect, so it hurts me. Um, <laughs> she doesn't want to work anymore. That's okay. But yeah, so my garage band has just not been functioning. And yeah, so we were recording this conversation again, but it's all good. It is all good. Yeah. Um, but let's just dive right in, I so think, to the just, timeline. Yeah. Right? Yes. So Taylor Swift has been writing songs about her exes since the beginning of time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in my timeline, I started with Joe Jonas because he's like her first celebrity boyfriend but she did this to at least four people before mm. <laughs> um some high school boyfriends we have brandon borello who she wrote tim Graw about um then we have jordan alford who picture to burn was written about um <laughs> she says that he never let her her drive his pickup truck that bastard famously <laughs> um and then famously we have <laughs> drew who teardrops on my guitar is about the very first lyric <laughs> of the song is drew looks at me i fake a smile so he can't see um, and i famously thought that drew <laughs> looks at me was for you the- looks at me <laughs> you looks at me <laughs> and i'm I'm, I'm famously a new england italian so i didn't think there was anything wrong with with that. <laughs> with that you grammar. looks at me, I grab my donkeys. <laughs> Teardrops on my guitar. Teardrops on my guitar, you know what I mean? Anyway, oh my that's God. my grandfather's take, version of picture. Of tear I drops take on my guitar. a sip of my donkeys. <laughs> oh God. Oh my no, God. no, no. Anyway, um, then we also have Sam Armstrong, who apparently cheated on Taylor. <gasps> bastard um and in response (laughs) she wrote should have said no and apparently in the cd booklet for her debut album taylor swift every s a and m was capitalized if they were like in the right order to spell out so she she was really like ruthless from the beginning putting in those easter eggs which is like forever like 
that is not necessary, Taylor. <laughs> you don't have to put him on blast quite that hard. Well, but how old was she when that happened? Like 16? I mean, I mean, sure, but I don't know. I So this also, I can talk about this later if we want to keep going, but I have thoughts about her and writing songs about real people. But we can talk about Interesting. that. Interesting. Okay, timeline. Yeah, That's very yeah, exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to hear yeah. that. So anyway, that catches us up to Joe Jonas. And so Joe Jonas begins the timeline of like, celebrity boyfriends like mm. other famous people because obviously this is when taylor swift was becoming really famous so celebrities became like her peers so that's mm. like became her dating pool so joe jonas 2008 broke up with taylor swift famously on a 25 second phone call ruthless <laughs> you know i i would say I would say that bastard, but Joe Jonas belongs in my heart. So yeah. your <laughs> bastard. <laughs> yeah, my bastard, exactly. But you know, I'm, I'm grateful to Joe Jonas because that spawned one of my all-time favorite Taylor Swift songs, Forever and Always, which yeah. is on Fearless. Mm-hmm. I, that song just, I fucking love that song. Well, but also, wouldn't you say that it's equally as ruthless to go on Ellen, which Taylor and has, tell and tell everyone and be like, yeah, he had a, like a da 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 like a... But it's also like, I think their relationship too is so funny because I just saw a picture of, I forgot that he dated Gigi Hadid. And so I saw a picture. He did? Yeah. Joe Jonas and Gigi Hadid were on a boat with Calvin Harris and Taylor Swift. And there's one other person (laughs) that was there. I think it was like either. I think it was Carly Kloss that was there. Yeah. Anyways. Wow. Like that. Yeah. So I was like, oh Yeah. And then she's written about giving him baby gifts, right? Anyways. I yeah, think in folklore, I think she's, she talks about their that. Their evolution but. has been really yeah. interesting as friends. Yes. And then it's also been super interesting for her re-recordings to come out, especially Fearless, because then we got a new song about him. Mm. Like, more than 10 years <laughs> after this breakup, we get a new breakup song about him called Mr. Perfectly yeah. Fine. Mm. Which is a bop. Which is and a bop. Sophie Turner agrees. And mm. that's all that matters. And that's some really fun content to come out of. So I think it's so interesting too that people were like, oh, this is definitely about him because there's nothing in the song that's specifically about him, only with the fact that like she was dating him during that time. So I'm always really fascinated with like how people identify with what songs with who. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I think some... Well, that's... Oh, go. Sorry. No, 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 you go. I mean, no, I just think, like, that's the only thing we do have to go off of. So, like, the assumption is Joe Jonas. Mm. And I think the fact that um, Sophie Turner (laughs) kind of, like, made a joke about it is, like... I mean, Taylor, it doesn't have to confirm it because it's just... It's just kind of Mm. the assumption, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's also like (laughs) the lyrics do suggest that this person broke up with her in like a really shitty way. So like there are other things that Mm. kind of point to Joe. That's true. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Anyways, let's continue on. Continuing on. Oh, but 
I don't know. I included Lucas Till on this timeline, even though she never wrote a song about him because they dated for like a super, super short amount of time. Um, mm-hmm. But Lucas Till played her love interest in the You Belong With Me music video. Uh. So he is a very important figure in the lore of Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, and he also was in the famously in the Hannah Montana movie playing Miley Cyrus's love interest. Mm-hmm. And Taylor Swift was also featured in that movie. She was? Yeah. Who was she? She just, she was herself. She, she, <laughs> she just, was just sang there. a song. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Uh, which is okay. amazing. Okay. And then, so after Lucas Till, so now we're in 2009, we have Taylor Lautner. <gasps> Taylor and Taylor. Taylor Squared. Taylor and Taylor. As they were famously known. Truly an iconic moment. Yeah. When they started dating each other. And then mm. they were in the movie Valentine's Day together mm-hmm. as like a high school himbo and bimbo couple. <laughs> Isn't that the mm-hmm. dream? Isn't that the dream? <laughs> that it is really the dream. Is. Um, and I believe that she broke up with him and wrote the song Back to December about him. Because that sort of alludes to like, that song I feel like alludes to her breaking up with him and like kind of wishing yeah. she had done things differently. Um, and, and this like is now the Speak Now album. Yes. Famously a winter album. Speak Now. <laughs> Back to Famously. December. Into the winter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember when that song came out and I was like, whoa. Like, I just yeah. thought it was a really good song. And I was, we were like 11. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> well, this is what it's like to break up with someone. <laughs> Because she's like, from what I, the only lyrics I remember is like the, so this is me swallowing my pride. Standing in front of you. Saying I'm sorry for that night. Yeah. And we go back to December. All of the time. Yeah. Um, Turns out freedom mm, made, but the bum is Not the bum is <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that's a good That was one. a good song. <laughs> <laughs> and after Taylor Lautner, we, we get into a real, um, Real rough patch. After Taylor Lautner, we have John Mayer. No, we all have. We all what? have rough patches. Gag. Okay. <laughs> Absolute dated. gag. Also, creating this timeline was really crazy because it made me realize how what a short amount of time she dated a lot of these men for. Mm. And it's just like crazy that I feel like the media prolonged the drama of these relationships. So much. And like, yeah. really, like, made them out to be something way more intense than they were. I don't mm. know. It's just, like, crazy yeah. to me that she could date someone for, like, three months and then the world would talk about it for, like, a year. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes, like, you have relationships that are shorter that are very intense, but there's also, like, sometimes where you just are seeing somebody for a couple of months. Yeah. I and mean, if you get photographed one time, then it's, like, a huge, huge deal. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like dating or like people for a couple months and then not is like fairly normal for somebody that's that was her age at that yeah. time, you know? Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. And like seeing her seeing that as like a twelve year old and not knowing anything about like dating as right. an adult, everyone like the media made you think that Taylor Swift was like doing something wrong. Or that she was, yeah. like, a slut because she dated so many men. But it was, like, if you look at the timeline, it's, like, super normal. Well, it's and it's also, like, one, there's not, 
so what if she was number one yeah Yeah. who the fuck cares number two it's also like she's like has pretty clean material for the most part I would say and so like I don't know I just think it's so funny that you're like trying to make this girl make her out to be a bad influence a a quote-unquote bad influence when she like really isn't and even if she was like sleeping around and doing that that wouldn't make her any less of a bad influence that would be like a person that's 20 years old or 22 or however old she was you know anyways I'll get off my heart yes <laughs> let's continue but yeah so end of 2009 to the beginning of 2010 is when she dated John Mayer and she wrote famously Gross. wrote <laughs> the song Dear John about him which is kind of the most you know, obvious title she's ever uh, yeah. used. Mm. So it really, there wasn't really any question about who the song was about. Um, no. But John Mayer was like a huge dick about her writing this song. And he, in an interview, called the song cheap songwriting and said, I think it's abusing your talent to rub your hands together and go, wait till he gets a load of this. That's bullshit. That's what he said. I don't ever want to hear John Mayer speak again. <laughs> he might be getting some sort of late night I show. I hate that man. Yeah. So sorry. But also um, I'm not sorry because he sucks. <laughs> Wait, also um, how old was he again? when he, oh. he was 31 and she was 19. So that's already bad. And that's enough for, to make me hate him. But mm. he also said this thing about cheap songwriting. And he also did a Rolling Stones interview where he was like just so misogynistic the whole time and Mm. was talking about how like women are just vaginas and I was like sir (laughs) what and I think he got a lot of backlash for that interview and then everybody just forgot about it because everybody always does but I did not forget Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah so So, John Mayer was bad John Mayer Um, and then (laughs) yeah I don't know I just like it's so bizarre to me when people date a musician and then are surprised that a song gets written about them. Like, what the fuck did you expect? Well, it's also like, (laughs) you could have written a song about her. Like, what? Are you saying you've never written songs about people you've dated? Like, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Taylor Swift talks about it in interviews, how, like, she's been held to such a double standard of, like, writing songs about people like people were like why do you write songs about specific people you've dated like and she's always had to be like men do the same thing like why why is it a yeah, problem when it's only a problem when I do it like everybody everybody does that like this yeah. Phoebe Bridgers puts men on blast all the fucking time <laughs> in her music like specific men with specific lyrics there's oh, yeah. no amount of confusion about who she's talking about she does essentially the same thing taylor swift does and everybody loves her because they're her because she, she's the indie queen um <laughs> and don't get me wrong i love phoebe but it's also like why are we not treating her the same way when she does the same thing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it's like a very it's a very like specific attack against <laughs> Taylor that has been going on for so long that it's just like it's exhausting and I understand why she keeps like why she's fighting back against it because it's like 
no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is something everybody does. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Anyway, let's, let's keep, keep talking about all of Taylor Swift's exes. <laughs> mm, yeah, let's keep uh, <laughs> keep moving. Um. So yeah. So after John Mayer, we have Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, who she dated from October 2010 to January 2011. And, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of songs on her album Red that are thought to be about him, uh, most notably the song All Too Well, mm. which is, like, a mm-hmm. huge fan favorite, I would say. Um, it is yeah. the fan favorite. <laughs> I don't know much about their relationship, but I did read somewhere that, like, she felt very blindsided by their breakup and like she it was like sort of a total 180 from like where their relationship had been that she felt just like so confused Mm. and this website that i helped me make this timeline says that jake gyllenhaal reportedly spent $160,000 to have her flown over on a private jet for a date one time which is crazy. Mm. Oh, well. And then that person people. breaks up with you? Like, <laughs> I would be confused too. <laughs> well, but I also feel like it's, and this is something I think I mentioned, um, like, in the Lost Archives. But um, <laughs> I think it's, like, such a power move to, like, because I, th- I, like, for men to be able to feel like they can do that to, like, a... Um, because when you have mm-hmm. somebody that's so young but also so, so successful, I think that it's such a power move to be able to, like, feel like you can kind of control it. Like, showing this enormous amount of wealth and then, like, kind of taking it all away to be like, oh, I have the power because you're intimidated by um, a woman. And, like, of course, mm-hmm. this is, like, in a very, like, heteronormative binary sense. Um, but taking the power away from a woman that, like arguably has a lot of status and that is competitive towards you you know yeah yeah Um, but it's also like at this point taylor was so wealthy already like it's not like yeah i don't know it's not like he was gonna be like hey i have more money than you because that's just not true no 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 (laughs) but what i'm saying is the i feel it might have been an ego like his his ego ego thing and it's like like, the reason he pulled that she like probably had more money than him right to be honest yeah Yes. Um, which is just as, like, it's so fucking stupid. But anyways. Yeah. Let's continue. We'll continue. Oh, that's my <laughs> Sitter City account. Wrong tab. <laughs> Hire me to be your babysitter. Um, I, so the next one is Connor Kennedy, which was, again, a very short-lived, more of, like, a fling. Um, and a New England summer romance, if you will. <laughs> Exactly. I know them well. She bought a house on she bought a house on Cape Cod for him, so it may have been more special than we think. Oh my god. Wait, she bought it for like for him or to go, because like, he, to go see him. To go see him, yeah. Oh okay. he, that's where he lives. I thought she bought him a house for a second. Oh no. <laughs> no, I she bought like, a house in Hyannis and then promptly sold it. <laughs> sold it and now she lives where? Rhode Island, baby. Anyways. She doesn't live there, but she does have a house there. She has a house there! <laughs> it's her vacation yeah, it's her home. Vacation She's not home. there all the time. Okay, yes, I know. I'm just being a dick. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but yeah, people think the song Begin Again is about Connor Kennedy. 
Um, yeah. And this is where Connor Kennedy is where she makes a little switch from dating men who are older than her to dating men who are younger than her. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, because then she starts dating the one and only Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Harold. From November 2012 to January 2013. So again. Yeah. Sh- these relationships were pretty pretty short-lived. Really only yeah. three months. Yeah. It's, it's still so shocking to me that the Harry Taylor thing has lasted as long as it has, given that they dated for three months. I know. It's what do you mean? Like... like well, people just people are, are just still so obsessed with the two of them together and like yeah. their relationship and mm-hmm. their breakup. And it's like this. Well, first of all, I don't even know how much of it was real. Like it felt very much like a publicity thing mm. to begin with. But then also like a three month relationship. They were never going to get married. Mm. <laughs> we can we can we can let that go at this point. Um, but yeah, people think that a lot of. 1989 is about Harry. Mm. Yeah, specifically the song Style, um, which is also one of her more like Real subtle titles. <laughs> yeah. And um, the song Out of the Woods, which yeah. is uh, what has led to the vehicular manslaughter um, conspiracy I... theory. <laughs> well, it's that, it's that one and also I Know Places, which is about mm. um, people running away from something. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and people, there's also been people who thought that, like, I Knew You Were Trouble was about Harry, but, like, the timeline doesn't work out that way. Like, that song came out when they started dating, Mm. so she obviously couldn't have written it about him yet. Um, So some people think that song is also about Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, so who knows? Who can really say? Only Taylor. (laughs) Can you imagine if one day she released like a memoir and was like, "Yeah, all my songs were made up. You all fools. <laughs> like, I'm gay, and <laughs> none of these songs are real. Imagine. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, after Harry, we have then Calvin Harris, which was her longest relationship that we saw until obviously her current relationship um she dated him for like a year and like three months um and yeah calvin harris the songs rumored to be about him are getaway car and i forgot that you existed um and karen can Which, speak more to the getaway car uh storyline as we get a little getaway car on is one of the funniest things she's ever done, but yes, we can continue, and I'll talk about it in a second. Um, and so after Calvin Harris, we have Tom Hiddleston, which was a very weird one. Yeah, that was... Again, it was a summer strange. New England romance. New England and England itself. <laughs> England's new and old. There we go. <laughs> um, because she, met, she went to England to meet his parents, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was maybe moving very fast, and so get he is also a part of the getaway car trifecta storyline trifecta. <laughs> and then after Tom Hiddleston, we have Taylor Swift's current relationship, which is Joe Alwyn. Mm. It's been like th- four years, three or four years Joe. They're still together. Yeah. Um, um. Essentially, every song on Reputation and Lover is about Joe Alwyn, <laughs> um, <laughs> because she's. 
she's just she just loves him so much <laughs> she's like she can't stop writing about it and it's really cute That's um, so sweet yeah so let's talk about the getaway of it all yeah. um because yes. i think it's so interesting how that song is about like three yeah it's like well, three three and one <laughs> here's here's what happened let me let me break it down for you so um 1989 comes out it wins best album at the grammys Taylor forgets to thank Calvin Harris in her Grammy's acceptance speech. (gasps) Calvin is pissed. (laughs) And he makes a huge deal of it. It is, like, kind of part of the reason they broke up, is that (gasps) she doesn't thank him in this speech. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah. Big deal. They go to the Met Gala together that year. Um, Or I guess, was it 2016? One year, I don't know. Um, they go to the Met Gala. Uh, both Tom Hiddleston and Joe Allen are at the Met Gala. Taylor meets both of them that night, but she starts dating Tom Hiddleston. So, like, there's some confusion about if she was cheating on Calvin Harris, like, when the whole Tom Hiddleston relationship mm-hmm. started, if it was, like, before or after she broke up with Calvin. But that's why in Getaway Car, it's, like, it's essentially about, like, needing to get away with um this like tryst that's happening but then in the last in the like the last chorus or the bridge or something she's like i chose she's essentially like i chose the wrong guy Mm. and that's about how she met joe the same night that she met tom but she decided to go for tom Mm. and that was a mistake so it's this whole like fucked up situation where she's like both cheating on her boyfriend and also like meeting her future boyfriend, but there's Tom Hiddleston in the middle somehow. <laughs> like, it's insane. And his I Heart TS t shirt. I cannot deal with that. Yeah. I literally cannot. Ugh. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's how it all happened at the Met Gala um, when she had that terrible bleach blonde hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was not my favorite. She has one. lyrics about that hair as well. Oh no! Oh no! It was like very well because in in dress, which is about again Joe Alwyn, um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, when I met you, you had a buzz cut. My hair was bleached, <laughs> and it's this whole thing. Because um, he had yeah. just played like a soldier in a movie. Yeah. So, and I I think everyone should go listen to Getaway Car. Because yeah, I literally am gonna listen to it immediately when we're done. <laughs> it's crazy, first of all, that she did this. <laughs> messy, messy Taylor. Second mm, of all, that, that she was wrote pure Taylor. Pure Taylor. That she wrote this song about this very complex situation, and it's an absolute bob. Mm. Um, and that's what she's best at. So mm-hmm. yeah, give it to her. Yeah. Do you have any? I know we talked about this a little bit, but like. Do you ever feel like sometimes Miss Swift like does it a little bit to herself even though it is a very valid thing of like her complaining that every other musician does the same stuff that she does in terms of writing songs about other people and leaving um and not being necessarily always discreet about other people but in situations like that, do you think that sometimes she's like, maybe a little bit, you're like, you could take a little too bit. Too obvious? Well, at least taking a little bit of responsibility here. 
You know what I mean? Mm. Like, she did not have to capitalize the S-A-M in all of the... (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But responsibility for what? Well, at least, like, acknowledging that she is writing songs about people and, like... um, that it's not because I think sometimes and we've talked about this before I just get a sense that she has like this wronged woman narrative and she doesn't always like accept responsibility for sometimes when acknowledging her own part in it even though there is a very valid criticism that she does get more crap than a lot of other people do sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel I get the energy from her that she doesn't necessarily own up to some things to, to being like yeah maybe I made that a little too obvious well I do agree that I mean I talked about this in the first part of the episode but her like whole mm. wronged woman narrative absolutely like that gets old that gets tired and I wish she would sometimes acknowledge when she's wrong but I don't agree mm. with the aspect of it of like her putting her own experiences in her songs is something that she needs to apologize for like take responsibility for because I don't feel like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like I don't think that having a song written about you is going to really affect you in any super negative way at least with these with these men that she's dated who are like Mm -hmm. celebrities who are rich who are like very successful like it's really not even with Harry who like People are obsessed with the song she wrote about him. Like, he doesn't care. <laughs> He's doing fine. So, mm. I don't know. It doesn't affect him yeah, at all. Yeah, I think, like, there are things she needs to take responsibility for, but I don't think that her songwriting is one of them. I think it, mm-hmm. like, she just writes about what she writes about, and I don't know. People really... I, I get really defensive about that, because I think people really attack her for things that like are really not her fault (laughs) um Mm -hmm. yeah like it's not it's really not on her that john mayer fucked her over and she wrote a song about it and he was pissed about it because that's her artistry and that's no that's what she does that's what she does that's her job you know what i mean yeah yeah i also but i i also think that maybe it's like for me, I think I'm a little more interested now in her semi auto, like her not as autobiographical work. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I think she's such a good writer. And for me, I'm like more, it, for me, it gets more of into like, I think she gets really caught up in her own image and like what other people think about her. And I think those songs unintentionally like feed into that sometimes but that's just my perspective looking on the outside and like not necessarily as a huge fan of her um yeah you know I mean no I I agree with that I think she's totally too obsessed with her own image right um I just don't yeah I guess I just don't know if that's because specifically of the songs that she's writing or just because of like the way she handles her own fame um Mm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I think there's like that's a different thing to me Mm -hmm. but I do also agree that like folklore and evermore which were more storytelling versus autobiographical like that's my shit I love (laughs) both of those albums so much as we know Mm -hmm. so I think like 
it is exciting to see her pivot away from the autobiographical stuff and do more of mm-hmm. um, the like high art. Yeah. Well, because I, I guess the thing that I feel like is like whenever she is like, well, this is just what I write about. And this is the only, I'm like, well, you're better. I think that's limiting to say that she only can write about her own life. Like, obviously you write about your own experiences, mm-hmm. but I think that it's so important. Like, oh, sorry. I just okay. touched your toes. Um, Actually, I need to touch my big toe. Yeah. <laughs> it was tender. It was tender. Cute. Um, I, I just, whenever I hear like absolutes, I'm like, in terms of her when she's like I can only write about my personal like and I'm like no you can't you're like a phenomenal writer and I just think it's like limiting you know yeah but also I, I don't think, think that she's ever said I can only write about my personal life I just think that she says like no, I want to write about this about. but that's the impression yeah. that mm-hmm. I get that she's been like well this is just what I do and like I'm like well okay mm-hmm. but like you're arguably one of the most talented songwriters of our time period and you can only write about your personal like that's not Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's true well also I think like you have to take into consideration that uh Folklore and Evermore are her eighth and ninth albums like she has had 12 years to Mm -hmm. grow and to get to this point where she excels at song I mean she's always been a great songwriter but now she is really like honing her craft and like is able to write these storytelling type songs that are not about her own life and like yeah yeah and like maybe when she was younger she would have argued like she only writes songs about from her own experience Mm. but I think I mean growth is like a huge part of her journey as a songwriter like in yeah figuring out yeah and I stuff like that I think she probably couldn't have done a folklore or an evermore around the time that she was writing like fearless or speak now or red yeah like i just don't think that like as good as she is i don't think that she was capable of that yet and she needed the time to figure that out Mm. um and i guess the part of it that bugs me is like like everybody writes about their own personal experiences Mm -hmm. yeah everybody does that and so there's nothing that is like so specifically different about the way that she writes than other artists of her caliber. It's just that she dated a lot of people in a short amount of time and people were mad about that. Yeah. Well, but I, I, don't, don't, know. I don't know if it's necessarily about all of her writing, but like the amount of Easter eggs that she will put into a video where like it's, it may not necessarily be about the song, but in the video you are very aware of who she's talking about and I think at a certain age it's like 15 16 17 18 hell even 19 or 20 I'm like do whatever but there comes a certain point where I like I'm like okay like you I feel like you're feeding into this thing that you think other people want of you instead of work like focusing on what you actually want to do the thing is why well but maybe she does want to do it. I mean, I think part of it is that she does it for her fans because her fans mm-hmm. love that shit. <laughs> and I think also it's fun. Honestly, I do think it is fun for her to include these Easter eggs and her fans like love getting Easter eggs mm-hmm. from her. Um, yeah. But again, it's like, is that at the expense of somebody else? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or whoever it's I about. I don't know. I, Yeah. I, I'm sure that part of it is she has a very good understanding of her image and 
what's going to be a good business move and what's going to keep people talking about mm-hmm. her. Like, I'm sure that that's part of it. But I don't know. I, I think... I don't know. Like, like I don't think that anything that she's done, either Easter eggs or songwriting or music videos or what have you... Like, if you can, if you can point to where that has really negatively affected someone then yes I would agree but mm-hmm. I don't again I don't think these men that you can are really pressed about it mm-hmm. <laughs> um like John Mayer is like the only one who's ever said that he was upset about one of her songs but like it literally didn't affect him at yeah. all yeah mm-hmm. and the only people who care about the way he treated Taylor Swift now are her fans and he has a great career still Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But I, I do see what you're saying. I don't want to make it, like, a huge... <laughs> no, it's not. It's just two different... Argument, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, I, I do... Yeah, I don't know. I want her to write whatever she wants to write. And I am very, like, I'm very excited for whatever's going to happen post-re-releases, mm-hmm. even if she takes a break. Because... Mm-hmm. I feel like she can only get better from here. Yeah, which is a really, really exciting place for her to be. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that we need to talk about for our big old meat and potatoes? Um, I don't think mm. so. I just have I have some a list of like a few other rumored people that she dated, but have <laughs> we have zero confirmation, and I just think like the list is pretty funny. Tell us. Um, yeah. So the first one is Corey Monteith <laughs> of Glee L-O-L. fame. Um, people think that she wrote the song Mine about him. Like, that they mm. didn't date, but, like, she met him and imagined what their relationship could be like. I... Um, wait, that's literally. very Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so she just, like, imagined and so created funny. this, like, narrative in her mind, like, this love story. Yeah. Um, which is really cute (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah um there's also a rumor that she dated eddie redmayne which i just don't believe is true at all no i don't think that's true i don't know i think people saw like tom hiddleston and just ran with that and like were like what about it mostly because i don't want it to be true (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a weird match i don't like that yeah um another rumored person is zach efron Which, Which is interesting. Like, when? I feel like he dated Vanessa Hudgens for so long. I know, that's so interesting. I'm like, yeah. in that same era. So, that's like, when so would that have happened? Um, and then the last one, I think it's so funny. <laughs> it's, so, the rumor is that she wrote the song Enchanted about Adam Young, who is also known as Owl City. Um, <laughs> and that they met again that they never dated but they had just met and then she wrote enchanted about yeah. him oh my god wow <laughs> you would not believe your eyes if 10 fireflies <gasps> oh my god um yeah so that's it for that list but i just think that those are all really funny like <laughs> yeah those are good rumors but who yeah. knows who knows who knows who knows who knows? People were <laughs> imagining that she was dating every boy she ever even talked to. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Which and like, women. Yeah. And that women. Is true. That is. <laughs> Lots of women. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you ever think to yourself, like, what if these people were like, I don't know, maybe talking about like world hunger instead of who this person is dating? <laughs> yeah. I think about that sometimes, and I'm like, hmm. 
Yeah, at the end of the day, <laughs> there are more important None things. None of this even matters. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I feel like we, that was pretty succinct. Yeah. Nice. Shall we trot on over to Controversially at Brave? Let's do it. Yeah, I f- kind of feel like we already did it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my, I, I already said mine that I was going to say. <laughs> we'll but say it again. I can think of, I can think of another one if we want. No, wanna. what was yours that you were going to say? Mine was just that I think that Phoebe Bridgers does the exact same thing that Taylor Swift does, and she mm-hmm. doesn't get mm. the same shit for it because she's not, I guess she's not as mainstream and she is also like the darling of the indie music scene. Well, mm. I would also say it's probably because it's, Taylor Swift came up really in like a different time, which I always think is like a weird excuse when people use it, but I think in this mm-hmm. case it's really, really true. Mm-hmm. I th- I think part of it also, sort of like you said, how she's like the, this indie darling, and I think Phoebe Bridgers is taken ser- more seriously, like as a musician. Mm. Like people would call like Taylor Swift a pop star, but Phoebe mm-hmm. Bridgers is like a musician. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Which is like so Which fucking is like, stupid. Yeah. But I, I I obviously there are they don't make the exact same music, but they do kind of make yeah. similar <laughs> similar stuff. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think it's just that maybe Phoebe is more outwardly sad. <laughs> mm, um, yeah. And... I feel like I've seen people on TikTok, like, take Taylor's, like, this is a Taylor Swift song if it was written by Phoebe Bridgers. And it's literally just yeah. Taylor's lyrics sung as if Phoebe Bridgers had written them. And you're like, yeah. yeah. It sounds like, right. They're both <laughs> amazing lyricists and, and musicians in their own right. But whatever. That's my, mm. that's mine. Um. Do you all, mm. you all have one? Um, I mean, I don't think this is controversial. This thought just came to me. I feel like some people would say, like, argue that the best songs can come from heartbreak. Like, I know, like, All Too Well is such a favorite of, like, Taylor Swift fans. Mm. And, like, but I think... I mean, we kind of already said this, but Taylor Swift is just a good songwriter. Mm. <laughs> and that, like, yes. she doesn't need to be... She doesn't... It's, like, fun to talk about the drama and, like, all the men she's dated. But, like, she would have had the career she's had without all this drama, I think, as well. Mm. Like, I think she doesn't need yeah. drama to write good songs. Mm. Not no. that I'm like, oh, she created drama so she could write good songs. I'm just saying she's great. <laughs> yeah, I also think that that sort of thing about, like, oh, it needs to, like, Whenever a celebrity has a breakup, everyone's like, the next album's going to be so good. And, like, I just really hate the idea that artists have to be, like, in pain to develop good work. Yeah. I'm like, that's actually, like, really not true. And, like, you have to have life experience, of course. But, like, joy is just as much, I would say, probably more of a bigger part of art than pain is. Mm. And, And loss. Yeah, and she proved that with Folklore Nevermore exactly. she's like the happiest she's yeah. ever been and those are two of her best right. albums to date yeah yeah um yeah hell yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hard, hard degree <laughs> yeah um yeah I don't I guess my controversially at Brave kind of goes off of yours but I would love to see her like just kind of if she's going to develop into the season of her life where she's like kind of taking it easier, I would love to see her write songs for other people. Mm. Or I, here's my dream mm. for Taylor Swift. I would love to see her write songs for other people and or start her own music label. 
That'd be sick. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think she probably will do both of those things eventually. Because I feel like she's been screwed over so much that she, like, knows so much business-wise about stuff yet. Yeah. And I just, like, I don't know. I don't really think this is controversial either, but, like, I just, I want her, the world to catch up with who I think she is becoming mm-hmm. in terms of, like, someone that's more confident with their craft, more confident with who they are, more confident in, like, the way that they carry themselves. Mm-hmm. And I like Taylor Swift the best when she's, like, like, the Disney Pond long sessions. I was, like, mm. or long pond sessions. Long pond sessions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. On Disney Plus. I was like, this is, I like love this version of you um, where you know exactly who the fuck you are. And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm Taylor Swift and what? But not in like a, and not in like what? a reputation way, but just in like a, no, I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah. good at this. I'm really good at this. Yeah. And I'm happy to share my story. I don't know. That's she is. She's, she knows what she's doing. She do. Mm-hmm. She do. Do be knowing. nice all right friends that's it for today's episode special thanks to our president producer madeline barks and our music producer giara negrodi follow us on instagram at former fangirl pod and on twitter at former fan underscore pod you can also email us at former fangirl pod at gmail.com you can find me erin on instagram and twitter at erin browning with an extra g on the end you can find me, Karen, on Twitter and Instagram at KJessicaStewart. And you can find me, Juliana, on any social media platform at Juliana Mance. That is at G-I-U-L-I-A-N-A-M-A-N-C. And you can find me on my website at www.GiulianaMancini.com. That is www.G-I-U-L-I-A-N-A-M-A-N-C-I-N-I.com. Bye, Bye friends! friends.